You awake to the sound of chimes, gentle but full and deep, giant chains playfully pushing against one another. A wind softly wraps around your body, aligning you to find your footing on a coarse wooden floor. You open your eyes, Jacques, and you see the inside of a small cabin. You don't have any memory of this place, but when your mind searches for a name, all it can find is home. Illuminated by the dust-filled beams of sunlight pouring through the windows is a small dining table with two chairs and three bowls. The table is small, but well-kept, with two bowls sitting perfectly across from each other and in front of their chairs. A third bowl has been placed on one of the other sides of the table. Through no intention on your part, you walk towards this table, and your eyes focus on that third bowl. You cock your head to the side and hum a little bit before adjusting a bowl a little to the right. No, that's not right. To the left? No, no. Maybe the bowl should go in the center. But why would someone eat in the middle of the table? Okay, perhaps if you set a fourth bowl? But that would just complicate things, and the third bowl is hard enough. You fidget with this bowl for a good long while. Uh, and actually, where do your hands end up placing it? I will try to keep it centered on the side of a table that uh, it's currently facing. Alright, so as you place it there, you feel a loud, deep rumble from overhead, and instinctively look behind you at the bookshelf resting against the wall. This modest collection of wooden planks hold a handful of poorly bound pages scattered between farming tools and random Numenera. By far the most ornate looking of these Numenera, a small metallic prism precariously placed at the edge falls off and rolls towards your feet. You feel your body pick up the prism, and in its singing reflection, you see not yourself or your friends, but a cautious young man with auburn hair. Your vocal cords ring out in a voice unfamiliar to you. Mama? A voice rings from outside. Yes, Lowell. You move the mirror to the end of the shelf again. It looks nice there. You walk forward and put the sphere on the back of the shelf, obscured behind the other Numenera, and you mutter to yourself, but it's not safe. And everything is black. But it's not the spotted black you get from closing your eyes, nor is it the terrifying empty black of oblivion. Instead, it's a kind of crushing darkness through which you can make up multiple shapes pressing in on all sides of you. And oh god, the smells. Your adrenaline rush from when you fell out of that pit must have blocked those out, but ugh, it smells so bad. Jacques may have gotten acclimated to rough environments in his life, but whatever this is, is not some kind of warm blanket of garbage you'd want to wrap yourself in. So what are you going to do? As Jacques realizes that he's kind of buried under trash, he's going to frantically try to paddle himself out, get to the surface. Okay, you just climb out and are born for the first time from the trash as Trash Boy. No, you uh, but you you climb out of the trash. It's disgusting and it falls all over you. And uh, you see that you're on a metallic gridded platform. And you can see some of the garbage from when you fell in the pit kind of scattered around you. Uh, some is still falling from the ceiling. You can see some falling beneath you kind of off the walkway as you get up. Uh, and actually, can you roll me a d10? D10. I got a six. So among this garbage, the one that sticks out to you as a cipher that you will take is a banana peel that you see wrap itself around an object. And when you unpeel this banana peel, the object that it absorbed has now been ground into that banana shape. 
So you grab this banana peel thingy and you take a better look around you. As I mentioned earlier, you and a sizable amount of the trash are standing on a metal graded walkway and at one end you see a large human-sized hole just burned into it. And the other end leads to a wall. This wall is part of a cylinder of glossy metal that surrounds Jacques. The cylinder stretches far above and below, and it moves slowly but consistently. These cylindrical walls are separated into 10-foot-high segments, which alternate in the direction they rotate. So one section will go clockwise and counterclockwise and clockwise and counterclockwise. The last thing of note is a harsh blue light that pierces through the slits in the walkway into the air above. It ebbs and flows from beneath you as if being shot up through a beating lake. I'm also going to say, I'm going to tell you one more thing that's going to count as a GM intrusion. So who do you want to give it to? I will give the experience to Hopper since presumably he is going to be the closest to me right now. The last thing is that you notice your head feels a little fuzzy. Like you've had too little sleep and all the sensory inputs are just overwhelming. It's simultaneously empty but also oppressive. And the way this is going to work practically is that all esoteries, which are the Numenera version of spells, are going to cost twice as much intellect. So what do you do, my man? So Shock is breathing heavily. He's more than a little panicked right now. Uh, And his first instinct is to reach out with his mind to the machines nearby, and particularly looking for Misha, trying to contact them. Give me a roll. All right, you reach out and you feel, but you don't really get a sense of anything because you get a sense of everything. You feel all the inputs from this machine kind of overwhelming your brain. So Shock is still freaking out and not being able to find Misha is only making the panic worse. I'm assuming that uh, his staff will be nearby within arm's reach, of course, from where he fell. And he'll reach out and grab it and sort of cradle it in his arms, holding it tightly to his body and just sort of curl up in the fetal position and just shake there and try to breathe for a minute or two. And I'm assuming I don't see any of my other companions in the trash around me. Uh, your heart skips a beat for a second as you see Hopper Scott hat, but Hopper Scotch is not beneath okay. that hat. Okay. There's a hole in one side of the walkway yeah. that is human-shaped. Yeah. What what sort of silhouette are we talking about? Is that a Hopper silhouette, an Ellie silhouette, or a Misha silhouette? It is small but girthy. Okay. It's okay. Every, everything's fine. Shock is going to try to stand up and lean on his staff a bit and look around. He'll start by poking around in the trash heap a little bit because he knows that he fell into it. See if anybody else is in here. Um, As you poke into it, nobody is in there, but a few pieces of trash fall off the side. And eventually, as they kind of hit this pool of light beneath you, beams of harsh blue energy will just shoot up wherever they fell. Mm. Shock is going to go over and try to um, see if he can interact with the wall in any way. Okay, as you walk up to that wall, a shiver runs through you as if some of your heat is being pulled out through your toes. But then a doorway on the wall at the end of this bridge slides up, doing a passageway for you to walk inside. Uh, Shock is going to pick up Hopper Scotch's hat, uh, because this is a suitably dramatic moment to pick it up. He's going to pick up Hopper Scotch's hat and hold it close along with his staff, and then walk through the door. So you walk in, you find yourself in a curved hallway. The far wall systematically extends outward a few feet before protruding back forwards a few feet later. It's not like this is something it's actively doing, it's not like moving out then moving in. It's kind of like the wall is here, then it stretches out a little bit and then it comes back. It has a weird shape. 
Some of these divots contain open space, while others are blocked with doorways. Additionally, multicolored workbenches stretch across the length of this hallway. They hold a variety of makeshift Numenera, such as organically shaped stones that manipulate themselves into various recognizable shapes. And in fact, as you enter the hallway, these stones turn into a finger gun and point at you in an A fashion. Shock is going to keep moving for now. He won't touch Numenera on the sides. You keep walking, and you see a whole you see a whole variety of Numenera. They seem mostly makeshift, like variations of things that you've seen before, but modified. For example, you see a way of rail chest that seems to have some calculations for interdimensional travel. And in fact, as you're there, uh, you see a small hand with uh, kind of a dark violet robe attached to it kind of reach out from the way rail chest before falling back inside again. Which is spooky as shit, but you keep walking. And eventually, you see a four-foot sphere rolling down the hall, and you can swear you hear it going, oh, before bumping into the leg of a table and cracking like an egg, spilling out a wave of wires and plugs that pour across the floor. Before you can do anything, an arm stretches out from the pile, uh, and you hear a voice say, Well, I got it! I got it! And the arm reaches out to grab some of the wires. As it happens, the two halves of the eggshell form together to form just like kind of a hat shape that rises up along with this blob of wires. And eventually, the wires form to create a small four-foot-high humanoid with this kind of eggshell helmet that covers her eyes, and the wires forming, I guess, an impromptu to lab coat. And this automaton kind of brushes herself off and says, not really noticing you, sorry, sorry, oof. Oh, I got, is, is all of me here? Is all of me? Uh, she reaches down and, and pulls up another nut, which she just screws into her arm. Okay, I think all of me is here. Okay, I'm good, I'm good. Who are you? Ah, oh, hi. Um, my name is, wait a second, who are you? I'm lost. I, I need help finding my way out. She lifts the eggshell helmet. These little eyes made out like nuts kind of focus in on you before she puts it back down and says, Well, of course I can tell you we're lost. That much is obvious. Are you here with a tour coming later today? I think I came in here too soon. There were other people I need to find as well. Have you seen them? Some are machines and some are organics and some are a little bit uh, in between. Well, no, I haven't seen anybody. I've been just running around preparing for uh, preparing for the test. You know, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm a little frazzled right now. I'm sorry. I'm not used to having guests come before everything's, she kind of looks around at this just massive test. Uh, I'm not used to having people come around before everything is clean. Do you know the schematics of this structure? <sighs> you can't see because she doesn't have a mouth, but she's kind of got this like body posture of someone with this stupid gaping smile. And it's like, what, is, has nobody told you about the Harness Charmande? I am afraid not. Oh, I am new here. Oh, this is so exciting. I never, I never get to tell anybody. No, come with me, come with me. And she marches down the hall. Uh, and she turns over as she's walking. She's like, oh, I forgot. And she raises one of her robotic hands. My name's Shauna. Shauna, if you prefer, uh, and then the next bit I will direct mentally towards her, it may be more efficient for you to give me information this way. We can communicate very quickly. She turns down a little bit, and you can't really see her eyes, but she seems to be thinking a little bit, and she mentally links back. Well, sure, but uh, I haven't, I'm not quite used to, to speaking like this. It's been a long time. So are you a machine too? Yes, I guess. All right. And she's going to raise her hand for a high five. Shock raises his hand. He doesn't do anything of it. He just holds it up, mimicking what she's doing. All right. 
and she puts her hand down and she keeps walking. All right. <laughs> yeah, so this is the heart of Charmande. And you can tell she's been practicing that, like, dramatic speech of her for a while. So we don't quite know where this all came from. A lot of the humans seem to think that it was some sort of war or anything. I just think some robots got really tired and just wanted to lay down for a little bit. But regardless of where it came from, Charmande is actually built on top of a giant mess of just mechanical things. Now, when I came in here a thousand years ago, there wasn't a whole lot to it, but I've been working really hard to piece everything together and kind of make it go up and running again. And I was able to do it because of this. And she kind of climbs on top of some of the tables, just brushing some of the Numenera to the side. One of them falls and you just see a pool of acid make a hole in the floor. And she opens up a panel and some of that bright blue light comes in. And she motions towards this impromptu window for you to look down. And, and shock will do so. So the heart of Charmande is powered by a pool of infinite energy. Well... Infinite isn't the right word, but when I was trying to sell it as the pool of all energy you're going to need, really, most people didn't seem to like it that much. So what it does is you can take literally anything, and she kind of points at the table and points towards a rock for you to, like, points in and kind of, like, give it to me, way. Shock will do so. Okay, and the rest of the uh, rock formation, because this was the rocks that formed into a shape, kind of, like, raises their hands in, like, a hey, what gives sort of way. But she grabs the pebble that you gave her, and she lifts it into the window, and she drops it to the ground, and she just sits there. Three, two, one. And just like that, a pool of energy flies up into the sky, and actually some of it shoots through the open window. And Sean is just so overwhelmed with excitement about this that she turns around to you super quick and just blurts out loud. Isn't that so cool? It's truly wondrous. I have never seen anything like it. This pool will take anything you put inside of it, and it'll turn that into pure energy. And so this this powers anything in Charmande. You... You, you think Charmande's, like, culture is why everyone knows about it? No, this is, this is it. This power is everything. And we've been using it to make the most amazing things. Like, uh, like, 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 look at this. And she pulls up some piece of Numenera. This is gonna, this is gonna change the way people travel forever. They're not gonna have to walk anymore. It's a pot. It looks like a pile of mud. You have no idea what the fuck this is. But she seems very convinced that like instant teleportation or, or 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 this. And she does it for a little while, and she just keeps on showing you all these things. She's like using the power from this machine. We're able to make anything we want. Is is isn't that so cool? It's truly fantastic. I'd be happy to see more of the things you've been working on. Yeah, of course. I'll... But I also I also need to find the others, too. I'm still very scared and lost. Oh, right. right. When you said, you know, I want to show the, the next thing, she had jumped off the table and walked towards a nearby door and uh, almost pressed it with her hand. But as you said, I need to see the others. She put it down. You're right, you're right, that's that's important. <laughs> I'm sorry. The bear is gonna want to wait until you're all here to show it show it anyway. So let's wait, in fact, is that them now? And as Shauna says that, you hear Vera giving almost word for word the exact same speech about the heart of Charmande that Shauna was giving. Like the And we can use it to fund any sort of There's like a siren going off somewhere outside. It's really weird. Yeah, it stopped. It was very fitting for the moment. <laughs> Yes, so we can use this facility to create any sort of wondrous invention that humanity could ever use. And you hear, uh, 
Well, I think that's really cool, Miss Vera. I knew I knew I could I knew you always want the best things. And then you hear a third voice say, Yup, I hopper scotch agree with you. I think that's a great policy. I hopper scotch am all for the advancement of humanity. It's cool. Jesse, <laughs> how are you so easily deceived? Um, so if I were to glance around myself right now in these few seconds before Vera gets here, I'm assuming there's no hiding places. We're just in a hallway, right? With workbenches along the side yeah. and little alcoves. There's the wall that Shauna pointed to, but there's a whole bunch of Numenera anywhere. So I would say let's roll to see it's okay. if you want some to show up. Oh, I was just going to say I I was going to just try to convince Shanna to go into the room. Shauna, I mean. Shock was just going to say, well, since since they're nearly here now, we should go in and wait for them. But we can't go in too early. It's going to be a wonderful surprise. Humans like that sort of thing, I have found. She's going to stand upright, nod her head and say, all right, you're the boss. And with that, she puts her hand against the wall and the door slides up and you're about to take a step inside. But she says, oh, wait, wait one second. She puts her hand down on the ground to this fluorescent room and you see the brightly lit floor dim so that it's just black and dark. And she says, okay, come on in. Don't touch any of the walls or the ceiling. Shock will just nod. So you and Shauna walk into this room and it looks a lot like that fluorescent room that you got sprayed in right before you saw the queen. The ceiling and the walls all have a bright white fluorescent light, but the floor does not. You don't see anyone in this room except for in the corner, you see Don just kind of sitting slumped against the wall and Shauna points to him and says, Hey Don, how are you doing today? And he doesn't really, he just kind of, he tries, he shrugs his shoulders, but as he does that, that he doesn't shrug them back down. They stay stuck up in place. And he just kind of points to this hole in the wall. And Shauna turns over, horrified. And is like, oh no, oh no, oh no, oh no, oh no. Was this here earlier? Vera's gonna be so upset. So before we continue, would I be able to, with my knowledge of the Numenera, attempt to determine how the trap or defense or whatever the fluorescent light in this room is, how it, how it works? Not specifically, perhaps, but generally. Like, if I were to touch the wall, would that just only disintegrate me or would it, like, hit other people in the room? That sort of thing. Can I get general information about that? Okay, yeah, you can roll. I will spend technically two levels of efforts, which will bring it up to one step easier. Ha, 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 a two. Oh. Yeah, it'll probably kill you. Yeah, it'll probably kill you. But Don is currently laying against the wall, so you don't know what to make of that. I just wanted to use it against Vera, but now I don't know how it works. <laughs> this is fine. So what do, what do I see in this room other than fluorescent walls and a hole? So you see the fluorescent light, you see the hole, you see Don. Uh, that's it. That's all you see. There's literally nothing. It's just empty. Yeah. I just want my friends. I'm very lost without them. You hear Shauna go, This is a disaster. Please help me. Is there anything you know? About what? I, about, I don't, I don't know. Let's explore down the hole and see where it leads. Maybe that will explain things. She runs over to the door and she's like, No, 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 no. No person can go through that hole. I do, they will die. That is bad. How about this? I will, um, I'm going to go outside and I'm going to go talk to Miss Vera. Can you just stay here for one second? Okay. And she is going to run out and you're going to hear her say, oh, hi, everybody. Uh, welcome to the tour. Vera, can I talk to you for just one second, please? And you hear her clip clopping down the hall, running as fast as she can, clearly trying to get Vera away from what is to her a disaster. 
And as she does that, you see a familiar hand grab on the top of the door, and you see, wearing his hat and his clothing, Hopper Scotch peek his head inside. Except it's a little weird, because he looks a little, like, taller than usual. He looks a little more buff than usual, and his face has a lot more of a chiseled physique to it than normal. Shock shoots him with a laser. <laughs> Roll attack! Effort to hit. Two levels, so one step lower than it would normally be. It's a one. <laughs> um, oh. So you roll to shoot, and normally the data sphere would be backing you up, giving you all the energy you need. But as I said, you've been overwhelmed since you got here. So that energy comes in too strong, and it starts to overwhelm. And instead of hitting him, you shoot yourself backwards, and your back hits the fluorescent lighting. And as you try to move it, you realize you're stuck against the wall. And the sexy hopperscotch turns to you and says, Whoa! This is not what I hopperscotch intended for at all! I am not enjoying this situation! And you hear uh, Jesse saying, what, what, what's going on? What's going on, Joe? And they come over and they poke their head through the door. Oh, hey, Jacques, you're alive! And they run forward and lunge at you to put you in a great big hug and get their hands stuck against the wall. Shock is going to be screaming incoherently through this whole thing. They're not even words, just screaming. <laughs> I'm excited to see you too, friend! When I was blown back, holding out my left palm with the glove for the uh, for my cutting light, did my arm get stuck against wall too, or is it like still capable of moving? It's still capable of movement. All right, that's fine. I'm just going to try to shoot Hopper Scotch again. These dice are cursed. One level of effort. It'll be a perfectly neutral roll. All right, give me a roll. Hopper. It's a three. You shoot right above this Hopper Scotch. And you see him look at you and he's like, dude! And um, as he does it, he walks towards you and the hopperscotch face kind of like dissolves back to reveal this reptilian shape, which you would recognize as Joe, the guy who was holding Jesse's place in line a couple of episodes ago. And he just comes up to you and he's like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? You're blowing our cover. Yeah, no, we're here to figure out whether or not Miss Vera is lying. But don't worry, my boyfriend is taking care of saving Mr. Mako. I'm so excited to see you. Where's everyone else? Shock will just start crying softly. <laughs> He's not going to do anything else. Well, Joe, come on. I, we need your help. I don't know what to do, man. I don't know what you expect of me. Uh, well, um, you hear Shauna's voice getting louder. No, I really don't think you want to see this right now, Vera. I just think we need another day to do the test to make sure everything is right. Uh, and you have a chance to do one additional thing. What are you going to do? If I if I had a gif or a clip right now of SpongeBob pulling the magic conch shell string, that would give you your answer because Shock is going to do nothing.
and welcome to our announcement break. My name is Kyle, your GM, and it is currently 1.07 a.m., approximately one and a half hours before I have to be ready to go on vacation. So if you're wondering why we didn't have a previously section at the beginning of this episode, that's why. In other excuses, I'll need to be giving you this announcement break. You might notice that my mic quality is going to be a bit variable from this point to the Clockwork City finale. Midway through one of the recordings, something happened with my main microphone, and I'm still trying to figure out what that is. So up until the end of this chapter, I had to use the webcam microphone. But by the time we move on to the next chapter, I should have my regular microphone up and running. As always, our intro and outro music are Friends and Hitoshio, both by Miracle of Sound, who is super awesome and you should totally check out. I also used a lot of royalty-free music and sound effects, which you can find in the description below. Got a call to action to you this week. Find one friend who you think might be interested in Quest Friends and force them to sit down and listen to your favorite whatever. You could recommend your favorite episode. I really like the Penny and Pocket episode just because it's kind of isolated from everything else and you don't really need to know the context to enjoy it. But we also have short one-minute text videos you can find on both our Twitter and our YouTube page. That is all I got for you this week. We are gearing up towards the Clockwork City finale. We've got this episode and then just two other ones next. So be sure to tune in to our next two episodes on April 16th and April 30th. I will see you then and then then. Simon? Simon? Simon! Hop, you are shaken awake by the voices of these two men. And as you do, you feel a little bit seasick as you wake up. The ground doesn't feel entirely right. But despite you feeling a little seasick, you are currently standing up. Uh, and as you take a look around in the space you're in, you see a couple of things. You're in a small fluorescent white space, a lot like the room you were all sprayed in before you entered the Queen's Chambers. In one corner, you see the weapons that you accumulated from the pit. So Misha's bat, as well as some of the other supplies that you got. Besides that, the only other thing you see is standing up right next to you, you see Don, who kind of has his head down and seems to be nodding off a little bit. So when you said I was shaken awake, is someone actually shaking me awake or was I just awakened by the sound of the voice? You were just awakened by the sound of the voice, kind of like in your head a little bit, like a memory. Okay, so I'm gonna like kind of blink a little bit and get acclimated to the lighting and to being awake again. Look over at Don and say, what are you doing here? He's still asleep. Oh, he's like- He's very- In response, you hear a deep snore from a man who has not slept in multiple hours. Okay. I'm going to go up and kind of like poke him with my foot and then back up really quickly. Okay, uh, you raise your left foot to poke him. And as you do, the floor around your, that foot you're lifting up darkens and the light seeps up around your shoe and holds it in place. So my foot's just stuck in midair now? Uh, no, it's stuck against the ground. It's kind of like- I couldn't get it up to begin with. Okay, so I'm just gonna go, what? And look down and try to, like, shake it loose from whatever's holding it. Give me a roll. Six. 
You try to shake, uh, but all you feel is you feel your foot inside the shoe move, but you're stuck in place. All right. Um, he's going to go, well, this is just great. And then he's going to realize there isn't a hat on his head, and that's a bad thing. He's going to go, oh, my hat! Oh, shoot. So he's going to look over and try to look for it in the pile of supplies. It's not there. Um, he's going to try to get to the supplies anyway. Like, I'm assuming the other foot also won't move. Yeah. Um, so he's going to do, like, a lean over to try to, like, reach this way. Like a sideways handstand. Like he was trying to do a cartwheel. Like, that's what I'm looking for. They're so, so, so close. They're so close. Uh, Alright, um, what do I have in my pockets? I have machine control implant and recording gum. Okay. I also have two broken key pieces from when I tried to, like, make the key work in, um, Mako's room. Can I take one of those out and throw it at Dom to see if that'll wake him up? Yeah, you, uh, you throw it and it, uh, hits him in the head and he just kind of chortles awake. And then he slowly looks around and looks over you and says, why am I not surprised? I don't know, because I am very surprised. Where are we? What is this? I was falling through a trash chute. You weren't there. I, I, I don't know what this room is. What are we doing here? Welcome to Oblivion, partner. He reaches out to shake your hand. Uh, I'm not going to take it and just say Oblivion. Listen, I might not like you that much, but we're partners in our fate now. This is where Vera throws people that piss her off. I went to get my shoe shined. I took five goddamn minutes off. And you did, oh, whatever the hell it is that you did, I don't really give a shit. Well, I'm trying to stop her from releasing a bioweapon. That, uh, that would do it. So, so what's Oblivion? I, I still don't really know what that is. So everyone who works for Vera has this thing they call Oblivion. It's essentially our way of saying that we're either going to get killed or locked away forever. That's not going to be happening. I gotta go find everyone else. So I'm going to get out of here. Would you like to help me? He shrugs his shoulders. Eh. It seems like not being an Oblivion is better than being an Oblivion. So I propose we actually be partners and work together. You have seen my job, right? For the first fucking time in my life, I get to sit down. And he actually does sit down and lean against the wall. And he's like, and that's entirely what I'm gonna do. Hopper will just nod. All right, that feels about right. Uh, so then Hopper's going to take his feet out of his shoes, as I should have done from the get-go. Your feet slide out of the shoes. Cool. All right, I want to go gather all my stuff. Uh, he will be disappointed to not see his shield or any of his other stuff, as he's just remembering he didn't have any of his things when he fell through. Uh, and he's lost his hat. Question. Does Hopperscotch wear socks? Yes. Okay, cool. Because you're going to have to take a step to get to your things, and so your sock uh, is going to get stuck on the floor, too. So he's, he's just going to, like, mutter to himself while doing it. Uh, he loses one sock. Uh, it depends how many steps you take off of your shoes. Well, I'm going to try to stretch as far as I can. Okay, you lose one sock. Can I try to step back and put my foot back in the sock and try to just rip the sock up off? Uh, yeah, so you pick up all your supplies, which surprisingly aren't attached to the walls. It seems that there needs to be some sort of like body heat signature to get stuck onto things. And so you're going to slip your foot back in the sock and you're going to just try to rip it out with your... F Give me a 
roll. Well, no, I was going to try to... No, 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 sorry. I didn't want to put my foot back in the sock. I want to try, like, without my foot in it, try to rip it up off the floor. Yep, it comes up without a problem. Woo! Okay. Uh, can I try that with my boots? Yeah, but you're going to have to step on something. God! Okay, fine. Hopper's just going to be in a sock, so this is fine. Um, okay, so there are no doors in this room, correct? Uh, no. Everything seems very much the same. Uh, the only thing that's that differs is as you step back on your shoes, you see a burst of blue energy. And as that happens, you hear a voice say, isn't that so cool? And as the light comes in, the, the lights in your room flicker a little bit and they all stop with the exception of a kind of human sized space behind you. You can see is continuing to flicker. So can I just wait until the lights go off on one of the panels and then try to, like, punch through it? Actually, I'm going to use the bat that I have. That sounds like a better plan. Okay, give me a roll. Bat! 12. That's a 12? Yeah. The light goes off and you whack into it and you see a small, uh, uh you see a crack form in the wall. All right, I'm just going to keep banging on this wall and the light goes off. Okay, give me a roll. 17. Bang, 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 bang. You work for a little bit and eventually you chisel out a hole inside of this wall and the wind from outside starts to pour into this room. Is it big enough for me to climb out yet? Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna clamber out. All right, so you clamber out. Well, actually, before you clamber out, you poke your head outside of the store. Yeah, that feels like a good plan. And it looks a bit weird. You don't see an awful lot. It seems like it's pretty dark outside, but you see a couple of things. In front of you, you see the wall kind of divot in a little bit, and then you see it come back out as if you're on a cogwheel and you're, um, the room you were in was on one of the gears that poked out from the cogwheel. So you're rotating consistently clockwise on this. Above and below you, you see gears rotating in a counterclockwise fashion. Okay, so is my gear rotating vertically like a Ferris wheel or side? Sideways, like a cog. Sideways, like a cog. Okay, so if I climbed out now, would there be a ledge I could stand on? You could either climb on top of the uh, the gear that your room is in, or at the opportune time, you can climb down onto a gear, a rotating gear beneath you. I want to do that one. Um, Give me a roll. 12. All right, yeah, you climb on down onto this gear, and it's a little unsteady for a moment, but they're moving slowly enough that you're able to step on top of it. And you're currently standing outside on this gear, and you get a better idea of what's going on. If you look out, you can see just so many more of these cogs and these machines. It's like you're in the inside of, I would call it a clock, but it's way too big to be a clock. There are metallic scaffolding and ladders and ropes attached to all of these different gears and cogs and, and, and devices. Yeah, and you're currently on one that's rotating counterclockwise. Is there a clear doorway or anything that leads to a place that is presumably not this one? Out of the cog that has the uh, room you were just in on, you don't see windows, but you kind of, you know how uh, air conditioners sometimes poke out of uh, yeah. out of things? You see a variety of Numenera that seem to be positioned out of it, kind of like those air conditioners. So it's just the cog I climbed out of that has a bunch of windows and air conditioner-like things. Yeah. Okay, so I climbed down onto a different cog. Can I just wait a little bit to see if I can see anything through the windows as the cog I was on rotates past to see if there are other rooms I can try going in. You look through a small slit that actually forms as a window and you seem to see this small robot and Jacques and both of them seem to be looking into this room as the robot okay. pushes their hand on the ground and Jacques seems very like nervous and, and, uh -huh. and very much wanting to, to just kind of get out of wherever he is as the robot's right. casually checking out that room. Okay. Um, uh, GM Intrusion, though, no. who are you going to give the other experience point to? Uh, I will give it to Jacques, because he's my partner this session. As 
you're looking, you don't realize until it's about 10 feet away, you're on a wheel that's moving counterclockwise. The wheel you're looking through is moving clockwise. No! And you turn and you realize almost immediately next to you, one of the teeth on the cog wheel is coming very quickly at you. Okay, so I have a skill in parkour. Can I parkour my way up that tooth as it comes by to get back to get to the room where Jacques is? So are you going to like parkour up this tooth and then jump off of it back into the room? Is that a possible thing to do? It's a very difficult thing to do. Ah, uh, okay. But um, I will, no, I will, I, I really like it, so I will certainly let you try. Yeah, I want to go for it. I want to remind you before we start about uh, the fact that experience can be used to do multiple things. Okay, so we'll just do the 2 XP to give me the um, short-term large effect. Okay, describe how Hop runs up this gear and jumps backwards. Okay, so... <laughs> So he's got Misha's robe tied around his waist and he has tucked the baseball bat into it in a way that doesn't hit him with nails. So he's 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 ready to go and he's going to run like if the top of the tooth is just above where he is, he's going to like... Oh, okay, he's going to jump up, grab onto it. Yeah, he's going to grab onto it. And then like instead of just climbing up, he's going to leap backwards onto the tooth that is coming towards him and then use the momentum from that tooth to jump backwards through the window using his parkour skill. Um, yes. Hop <laughs> leaps up onto the tooth that's about to hit him and uses the momentum to propel himself back and you just, kind of like a badass breaking through a window, break into this hallway and roll underneath a table. In just my socks, yeah. by the way. <laughs> in just your socks. And as you do, uh, you look around in the space that I described to Jacques, uh, and you also see a hand made out of rocks uh, give you a thumbs up. Nice. Before clapping itself, doing a one hand clap. Nice. And as you're sitting there on the ground, because you're still in a little bit of pain, because that was like fucking painful. Right. You hear someone say, this is not what I hopper scotch intended for at all. I am not enjoying this situation. <laughs> Quietly to himself, Hopper will go, and then tiptoe cautiously towards where that is coming from. <laughs> yeah, so you you peek out from behind a desk, and as you do, you can actually feel a hand reaching out from behind a box and kind of pat you on the head a little bit. Ugh. But as you go, it like kind of shakes its weight, self away, and it goes back in the box. But what you see is you essentially see the scene as it happens. You see a bolt of energy shoot out, and then you see Jesse be like, hey, what's going on? And uh, run inside. And so you see sexy Hop. And I'm assuming Hop doesn't move because just like, what the fuck is this? Right. He's just confused. He's just staring, trying to make sense of it all. And then finally, you see Shauna walk forward with Vera. And something you see is Vera looks exactly the same, but on her hip. You know the key that she used to light up the room that had that ball of light inside of it? You see a ball of something else. A purplish-reddish substance that looks almost like a swarm of locusts. And you see her put her hands on her hips, look around, and say... What the fuck? And now the timelines have come back together. And so now we're in Jock's room and Vera looks around and she's like, no, seriously, what what the what the fuck is going on here? Out of character, it is 100% up to you to save me, Hopper. <laughs> <laughs> no. 100%. This is a lot of pressure. Shock is currently crying while glued to a wall. I know. And I burned two thirds of my pool. Yes, you did. Fair's gonna look down at Shauna. 
Shauna, we can't do the test like this. Well, yeah, I, I, I know we, we, we can't. I'll get the door boarded up soon. Boarded up, get them, and she points specifically at Jesse, get them off before we run the test. And she looks over at Joe, and I'm sorry, just who, who are you? Joe. Can we do something about him? I don't really care what it is at this point. Just something, please. Okay, so remind me. The people in this room right now are Vera. Vera. Sexy Hopperscotch. Who is actually the reptoid Joe. Yes. Um, Jesse, who has their hands glued to the wall. And uh, Shauna. Shauna and Don and Jacques. Oh, that's right. The list is Shauna, Vera, Joe, Jesse, Jacques, and uh, Don. So this was the same room that Hopper escaped from. Yes. Um, and it seems to be highly implicated that that was the test room. Okay, so I'm under a desk, or behind a desk. Mm -hmm. Presumably no one has seen me yet. Nope. And there is about to feed me to bioweapon locusts. Yes. Yeah, but that's not good. Um, okay, like, wait, are my boots just in the middle of the floor? Yeah, I didn't I didn't think to put that in there. Even though, like, I knew <laughs> that would have happened, I didn't think to mention, oh yeah, and you see hop shoes on the floor. The retroactive time paradox. It's fine. So I'm peer I'm peering into the room. Uh, okay. You're kind of peering to the side. Like you can see, you can essentially, all you can see is Vera and Shauna because they're standing outside of the room. You can't really see inside of the room. I gotcha. Okay. I would like to throw something to the opposite direction just to see if that works to get Vera and Shauna to go away from the door so I can get a clear assessment of what is happening inside that room. Okay. <laughs> what are you going to pick up and throw? Just make something up. There's a whole bunch of fake Numenera. Just, just um, is there a yo-yo? I'll throw a yo-yo. Yeah, there is a yo-yo. I will pick up this yo-yo and I will toss it like whatever the farthest direction away from me and the room is. Nine. Yes, you throw a yo-yo far, far away, and it hits the ground. And you see Vera still standing there. But Shauna kind of looks around and is like, Wait, what was... Vera, I will be back with all the things that you, you needed. And she will walk towards that sound, and you hear Vera just exasperatedly say, Yes, and, and please bring some sort of alcohol while you're there. <laughs> But <laughs> only because RNG hates me. Tom just pointed out that uh, that Hallie just made it so that now she has a patrolling guard against her. Well, if she went to the opposite. It's a circle, Hallie. This, God, is, okay. this hallway is a circle. It's in a cog wheel. I know. I know. I'm very bad. Okay. Um. So now that I have made things more difficult. You have to save me, Hopper. I know. I'm trying. I Just be um, a hero. Okay. So Vera's still standing outside the door. Yeah. And for the audience, I want you to know that like the thinking of Hopper Scotch, is, it's kind of like going into slow-mo. So like this slow motion and everything that Helly is saying out loud, Hopper's thinking at like 10 times the speed. So he's not just sitting there like... Oh, what's going on? Yes, I please. I like I like it established that Hopperscotch is much more uh, resourceful and better <laughs> than I am. He's just better. Um, okay, Vera's still standing in the doorway. That, and that's really all you see. She's yelling at somebody in there. All you know is that Don was in there. Okay. And you remember seeing Jacques walking towards that room. 
Okay. And you did see Jesse and Sexy Hop go in. Yeah, yeah, I'm very concerned about Sexy Hop <laughs> being in there. Just I'm very upset. So I would like to stop Vera from going in the room if possible. Is she making any, like, can I tell from her body language if she's about to leave or about to go in or if she's just settled there? She is very much settled there. She is just standing there waiting for Shauna to come back with something to block up the door and something to get Jesse off the wall so she can go on with her fucking experiment. <sighs> Fuck you, Vera. Yeah, so I'd like to sneak- If you did a stealth roll, I would give you whatever that stealth roll kind of provides. Okay. Because as I said, there's a bunch of new Monera in this hallway, so we can basically wish up whatever is appropriate for the moment. Oh, are there binoculars? Uh, give me a roll to see if you see. 18. Yes, you see a device from uh, Shauna called binoculars. <laughs> and essentially what it is, is there's a set of binoculars. And then, you know, the, the kind of like the eyes at the edge of the binoculars. Yeah. You see those attached to essentially one of those wind up cars. You can basically set those, uh, the wind up car eyesight things wherever you want. And that's what the binoculars will look through. Oh my god, so I can just drive a car in there, like a remote control car. That is hard to get past Vera standing straight in the doorway. <laughs> I'll figure it out. Okay, actually, this is what I want to do. This is just what is happening because I have no better ideas. I would like to use this car that I just found with the binoculars on it to drive in. I know there is no hope of getting it past Vera unseen, so I'm just going to drive it straight under her legs into the room. And then when she's looking at this weird car that just drove in, I would like to just straight up knock her out from behind with my nail baseball bat. <laughs> Nat 20. Oh! All right, so this little wind-up thing that just has basically a pair of glasses on wheels. You wind it up and it moves past and it kind of knocks in the bear's legs and falls to the ground. And you hear her exclaim, Oh, what the? In that moment, describe how you knock, uh, knock her out. Okay, so the car is going to drive in and Vera's going to go like, what the fuck? And from inside the room, all you hear is like a bear. And then Vera still stays standing for like a couple seconds. She's like kind of reverberating cartoonishly a little bit. And then she's just going to fall forward flat on her face. And Hopper's going to be standing behind her with the baseball bat in his socks. Uh, and Shock will be openly weeping. <laughs> Jesse's going to turn over to see you, and they're going to say, Hopper Scotch! And you can see them trying to move their arms again up from the wall, but they're not succeeding. And they turn over to Joe and say, See, Joe? He's exactly like I told you he was. Hopper will give Joe the side eye. And then... Joe just gives you a thumbs up. I should note, he still has his reptilian head, but he hasn't undone the rest of his body. <sighs> Um, so it's just a sexy hopscotch body with a <laughs> like, reptile okay. head giving you a thumbs up. <laughs> okay, I'm going to ignore that for now. I know that Shock is openly weeping and probably not in a communicating mood, but Shock Hopper's going to ask anyway. Shock, are you okay? Shock holds up your hat and holds it out with his one free arm. Oh yeah, my hat! Hopper's very excited about that. Um, okay, I'm going to go up to the wall cautiously, but I'm going to point my bat at Sexy Hop while I do that and be like, <laughs> who the fuck is this? I'm Joe. Joe. All right. I'll just leave it at that. You <laughs> will. It's good enough for me. Your your story checks out, Joe. There are other things right now. <laughs> 
Okay, so the lights are off on the floor, so the floor isn't going to stop anyone from walking with the walls. You can put your boots back on. I can put my boots back on. Okay, so it's his arms that are stuck. You're in your robes, right? Well, not my robes, the uh, the white robes from the, the palace. The, oh, yeah. yeah, the palace the ugly robes. green ass shit. So I'm just going to say, Jacques, I was stuck in here earlier. Try to get out of your clothes. It only works on the clothes. I don't know if I'm comfortable with this. <laughs> are we sure everyone's okay with this? Joe, are you okay with this? Joe gives a thumbs up. <laughs> no one cares, Joe! <laughs> Don, are you okay with this? Don's asleep again. Jesse, are you okay with this? Yeah, Jesse is okay with this. <laughs> okay. Is it is it actually possible for Shock to just wiggle out of the, uh, out of the robe? Uh, yeah, I said your hands were against the wall. I'm just going to say you can just wiggle out of the robe. Were you wearing anything under the robe, or are you just shirtless now? Yeah, I don't wonder what are these clothes like. I don't remember what the palace clothes are. Uh, they were, they're robes that cover uh, your shirt and your pants, so he's essentially in whatever the hell his underwear is. Okay. The second character to strip in the show. <laughs> no, but it's... <laughs> he's got to get off the wall. What is what is the worst... What is stripping? <laughs> <laughs> Please don't make me do this. Um, oh, I'll give him Misha's... I have Misha's robe. I'll give him Misha's robe. Oh, okay. All right, so I'm going to hand Misha's robe over to Jacques. Jacques will, like, sort of slip into it and then immediately just pull Hopper into a hug and start sobbing and saying, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's all my fault. I'm sorry. Please. I I don't know where the others are, and I and we've all fell down because of me. I'm sorry. I can't keep anyone safe. Uh, Hopper's gonna at first be surprised that Jacques did the hug, because Jacques is generally kind of like, he flinches when he's touched. And then he'll like, return the hug and be like, what are you apologizing for? What's your fault? We all fell c- because, because of, I couldn't, I couldn't stop the machine. I tried and I can't, I can't tell what's real anymore. Uh, I, I think whatever that spider was is in my head now. And I can't even, I can't even use my magic down here. And I couldn't find anyone. I don't know what to do. Uh, Hopper's gonna look around the room. He'll let Jacques dictate when to end the hug. He's not gonna act to end it. Um, so he's just gonna look at Jesse and say, What is going on? Well, um, so Everett came back and he said you had all died and we didn't have a plan. So Joe and I decided decided to go in because they look at Vera. I just needed to to know, and honestly, I really have, I really don't know. I know even less than I did before, but please get me off this wall. <laughs> That's right, he's still stuck to the wall. Uh, okay, so Hopper's going to turn back to Jacques for a second. Jacques will let the hug end. To say, look, it'll be okay. We're just going to find out more about what happened from Jesse, and we're going to find the others. I'm sure they're okay. We're both okay. Everyone will be okay. And at that moment, you feel the footing beneath you start to move faster and faster and faster and faster and faster and within seconds all of your feet lift up from the floor and fly towards the walls came in here to destroy the bioweapon and then there was nothing. <laughs>